Yeah, so this is for the Love of Film Podcast. Burgers with Bob. Uh, I'm Bob. Yeah, I think the, I'm not Bob. Um, I think this is the... Oh, let's not put these next to here. I oh. I always forget. Yeah. Well, so I did that uh, mixtape episode, and it was on a table away from us, but um, my buddy Matt's puppies came in towards the end, and they're racing around the table, and every time their tails go by, it... <laughs> You can hear it like oh, crazy really? on the, yeah, it, it's super sensitive. So, uh, so we are at Burger Bar or Burger Bar, if you're to pronounce it phonetically, because B R G R Bar in Portsmouth, Portsmouth. New Hampshire. Um, I don't think this is a chain. No. So the owner of this used to own Green Monkey, I believe. Okay. Um, but there are. Three, at least two right now. There's one in Portland, and then there's one coming to Manchester. Oh, okay. But there are other places called Burger Bar throughout the country. But they're spelled... No, they're spelled the same, but they're different. Well, it's like I worked for the Jewelers Workbench, and there's literally hundreds of places called the Jewelers Workbench. And, uh, yeah. I think... So, I think this is the first place that we've been to that we've both eaten at before. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was here, like... Probably within the first month or two that it opened. Yeah. yeah. I had a friend who used to work here, so we would come, like, more often than you would normally come to a restaurant, like, even a good restaurant, yeah. you know, just because uh, it's, I don't want to say, it, it, I mean, it's not incredibly expensive here, uh, especially for Portsmouth, but yeah, I don't go out. I've gone out to eat with you more than probably <laughs> anyone else in the last five years, so... Wow, I feel honored. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably go out. I try to go out at least once or twice a month. Right. Plus whatever we do. So. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we just saw Incredibles 2. Not The Incredibles 2, even though the first film is called The Incredibles. This isn't called The Incredibles Nope, there's no too? The. There is no article before it. Oh, um, oh yeah, you're right. Which is funny because if you go to check in... Which, you know, I, I did when I posted my uh, my uh, my online ticket stubs. Because Bob save, saves his physical yep. stubs. And, my, and, and this is no statement of judgment because my natural inclination is to save it. But I have so much crap that it was just one of those things that I'm like, ah. So I, I have... You've been saving them for forever. Yeah, so my collection goes back to 90 or 94. Yeah. I don't think I have all of them, but I have a good portion of them. Yeah. And I miss a... Because for a good while, I was going to the drive-in, and they don't really give you ticket stubs. Everyone's... Some of them do, but most of them give you just a ticket. And a punch in the face. Yeah, no, none of those. Um, yeah, my... So I have a three-ring binder and slide folders. Yeah, yeah. That, that I the just... The tickets slide yeah. right into. Um I think, because I used to save all my concert ticket stubs, and then if I would go to special, like, uh, I was out in Los Angeles, and I went to LACMA, uh, the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, and there was a Tim Burton exhibit, and the ticket that we bought has, like, a drawing on it, and, like, and so, like, because I, and I just remember that, because I, as I'm packing slash unpacking and selling stuff on eBay... I found the box that had a bunch of my ticket stubs. It, one of the things that kind of bumps me out now is that most concerts, it's just 
it's paper. Like you have to print out. Like, you have the to paper. print it out, yeah. or it's a digital ticket. Yeah. So like, I went and saw Depeche Mode with Teddy, uh, yeah. and he just had digital tickets, and I was like, "This is gonna sound dumb. Can you send me a screenshot of the digital ticket?" He's like, "Well, you're already in." I'm like, "That's not the purpose." I'm like, "You, you gotta make me explain it to you." Um, he's a collector too. He should understand. Yeah, but he's weird. he's funny. It's so it's interesting to me because like I collected vinyl for many years, um, and this is not a oh I did it before it was cool. I just I collected vinyl like I first got into it in the in the the early nineties back when it was basically a there, dead format. Yeah, there was barely anything coming Cause, out because yeah, most of the nineties. Um, that stuff is so expensive. Yeah, most yeah, because most stuff didn't come out, and the whole reason I really got into it was because Pearl Jam had it in their contract that all their albums would come out on vinyl. Yeah, do you know why they did that? I do. Yeah, because the Library of Congress only keeps vinyl albums. Yeah. Uh, as part of that, and uh, and I was like, well, I mean, I thought you know Pearl Jam was was my favorite band for a while, still one of my favorite bands. And I was like, they must know something. I don't know. If they think it's cool, it must be cool. I mean, they wrote a song all about vinyls yeah. in the Black Circle. Not a great song, by the way. But, uh, I mean, I thought it was cool at the time. Yeah, I don't. I didn't start collecting until probably about the 2000s, I yeah. think. I, I, with my stuff, everybody knows that I collect. So anybody in the family just gives me everything. Right. So I have to, like, go through. And I'm on. I'm a closet hoarder. Yeah. I mean, I could still walk through my house. It's not that bad. Right. But, like, I, it's hard to get rid of stuff. Right. So I have a lot of duplicates that I need to actually call out yeah. and stuff. But everybody just knows that if they come across it, nobody wants it anymore. Right. They're like, give it to Bob. He'll throw it out. Yeah. Um, and I don't throw it out. I catalog it. I get all excited because I, I'm most likely going to be moving into a studio apartment. And the first thought in my head was... Ooh, a place to spread out where I don't have to worry about anyone. <laughs> like, because it's because I lived in a studio in Jerome, Arizona, for a while, and of course it was just the collections were all over it, yeah. everywhere. Um, and it's funny because I'm actually, and I've talked to a couple other people who collect because I'm getting rid of a bunch of stuff yeah. from various collections, and people are like, how can you do that? And I'm like, the biggest thing for me is like, if I, if it's not something that I actively enjoy if I just yeah. have it to have it get rid of it see I collect Legos and I still haven't unpacked them from right. when I moved a year ago yeah so to me that's like I don't know if I I enjoy putting them together but other than that they sure. just sit on a shelf so I, I've been contemplating like selling those because yeah. oh those will be worth some money too it depends like it really depends on the set so I did a culling two or three years ago and I got about a thousand dollars out and it's because I had like probably five or six like rare ones in there and if I like pieced them out it might have been more but I just wanted but then you gotta do more work to yeah yeah that's the thing I'll do uh, like selling stuff on eBay especially like air quotes collectibles I'm like they're toys just say what they are yeah I'd much rather do like I have a bunch of Marvel Legends stuff and I found that like I'll often, when I'm selling them, group them in lots. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, this will help me get rid of... Like, I'm like, there's usually one desirable figure in there, and... People will pay for that one. 
right. and then deal with the other. Yeah, ones. and it's one of those things that I'm like, I'm I might have gotten a few more dollars if I listed them separately, but this way I'm gonna guarantee to sell them no matter what and yeah. you know. And the other thing too is usually sometimes there's like one or two that are so popular that you're you're basically losing money on it or just breaking even. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so we ju- we just saw Incredibles too, which was interesting because and well, and during the ending credits we were talking about Pixar a little bit because you were talking about the Easter eggs, and I you know revealed to you that I haven't seen any of the Toy Story movies, which still I, I know I've seen parts of. Toy Story 2 it was just when did Toy Story 1 come out 94 yeah 94 95 so it was like either right when I was at the end of high school or the year after so I was definitely not in a place where I was like secure in myself and and you know going back 20 23 24 years 95 it was not cool to like nerdy stuff like that like yeah, I just didn't give a shit. Well, you know, then you were certainly more uh, comfortable in yourself than I was at that point. I was very, didn't want to, like, I was... You I didn't, didn't want to be called a nerd or anything like that? Well, I was more like, I got picked on enough as it was uh, yeah. uh, that I didn't, like, and I didn't really have a desire to see it either. I mean, like, I love Star Wars, I love G.I. Joe, and with that, I kept on the download because I didn't want to, yeah. like made fun of it wasn't you know it's funny because now like nerd culture is celebrated and like it's it's definitely come full circle i mean you'll get you'll get sometimes some raised eyebrows but at this point i don't give a shit about like collecting toys and stuff like that but like um in the you know in the early 90s if people knew that you were like a guy in your 20s collecting toys people assumed you were a serial killer yeah um or something was completely off. Yeah. Mm. See, I, I went to college. So I graduated in 95. Yeah. Took a year off and then went to art school yeah. for two years. And just learning from art school, you just, I mean, everybody has their opinion of it, but you just got to kind of put it off the side right. and not really care. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely how I feel now. It just took me a while to get there. Yeah. But it was, so that came out then and I'm sure it was like three or four years before the second one and then yeah with 98 the, uh, yeah uh, but I you know it, it's the same thing with Harry Potter because I've never seen any of the Harry Potters I was just at that age where I wasn't interested and I don't have kids yeah so it wasn't like I got to see them that way um, see the Harry Potter thing was different oh here comes our food alright side of bacon um, yeah. awesome thank you, thank you. Feel free to uh, eat your bacon. Take the bacon. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm, my family is, we, we vacation every year at the same place. Yeah. And we basically have one book every year that we, we read. So when the Harry Potter stuff, like, really kind of blew up, every year there seemed to be a Harry Potter. Yeah. So I just read all the books, and it was just part of, like, being with the family. And sure. Everybody was there, so you just kind of... It wasn't even about, like, being nerdy, and then it just... I like movies, so when the movies came out, I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our food is here. Um, that's why the speaking is a little more <laughs> sporadic. Um, yeah, it was never a deliberate thing that I didn't see it. It was just... I never had a burning desire to see them. Uh, yeah. 
I'm sure I'd enjoy them if I saw them. Yeah, they're they're enjoy they're not amazing. Yeah. They're good. I still love the books way more yeah. than the movies, but Oh, I was talking about Toy Story, but yeah, that's oh, yeah. kinda how I feel about Harry Potter too. Um No, you should definitely see Toy Story. Yeah. Yeah. You should you should see all Pixar stuff. I've, Some I, is better than others. Oh yeah, definitely. There's two that I haven't seen. It's Cars Two right. and um, Is it Cars Three? Yeah, those two. Yeah. I've seen Cars, I haven't seen any No, I did see Cars Two as well. It's not very good. Yeah, and those are like Oh What? So I just took a bite out of the pickle. It's uh <laughs> It's got a sweetness to it. Really? Um, I'm mowing down on the fries, which I'll be honest, I'm not super impressed with. I love, I find these fries delicious. Oh. Maybe it's because I'm so used to like heartier, like, again, air quotes, hand cut or steak fries that. Yeah, these are definitely. These like, are standard size yeah. French fries. This I burger have, is delicious. I haven't even dug into the burger yet, mainly because I know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Well, that is a thick onion and a thick tomato in here. So this, I mean, this burger, it's a single patty, it's... No, it's a double. Is it a double? Yeah. Oh, it's a double. I stand corrected. It's delicious. So far, so good. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a good, like, probably like four to five inches tall. Yeah. Uh, you definitely have to kind of scrunch it to get it in. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. That's a tasty burger. Mm-hmm. There's some sauce on it. I forget it's what their the, secret sauce. Yeah. It has a little bit of sweetness to it. It does, but it's not like that. It's not overpowering. It's yeah. not like that horrible sauce I had at uh, with Boston Burger Company. Yep. See, these fries are like perfectly seasoned and nice and crunchy. I really enjoy them. Um, you know what it probably is? Because I had a handful of truffle fries I worked last night. And, and Bob's rolling his eyes. Uh, and it wasn't like, I didn't order them. We just had a bowl yeah. in the kitchen. And it was, so that's like the flavor that I'm Because everyone's like, ooh, that's exotic. I'll order that. And I'm like, it was. it's like sweet potato fries five years ago. Yeah. That's what everyone's doing now. Yeah. And it would be fine if it was real truffles, but most of the time it's truffle oil. We use truffle salt, which. That's a little better. It's like, yeah. And. I did not know the difference until our sous chef explained the difference to me. Because he's like, yeah, we can't afford... Because I was like, is there real truffles in there? He's like, no. Yeah. Are you kidding? Um, I never understood... I mean, I like the taste of truffles, but... Because they're so, like, so expensive, like, real truffles. Like, yeah. Just like, that. that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, even white truffles are even more expensive than yeah. the regular ones. But yeah, it, it's ridiculous. It's definitely. I think when they figured out truffle oil, that's when the truffle phase kind of like really. Blew. I mean, truffles have, in the food world, truffles have always been a thing, but it's usually been high end. Right. But with truffle salt and truffle oil, you can throw them on fries and not feel like you're wasting your money. I wanna. I wanna get in on the ground floor, start something new truffle sweat which is you get a rich person who eats truffles and then put heat lamps on them have them sweat it out and then you drizzle that I'm getting sick just 
just thinking about it. Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. Because I've worked in some kitchens and watched people perspire into oh. food. I'm just like, could, could could you maybe not? Could you not do that? Here's a headband. Um, so what do you think of Incredibles 2? I think it was it was good. I mean, I laughed a couple times. So I recently rewatched the original Incredibles. The Incredibles. The Incredibles. Yeah. And that one's kind of like... It's definitely mid-Pixar. It's not amazing. Mm. I gave the original like a six, and I think that's where I am with this one. I didn't realize how, like, the 50s, 60s vibe of The Incredibles, because the other one, the original one, is mostly on an island. Right. But looking back on it, you kind of see those elements. With this one, it's kind of cool. It's, I don't even want to say, it's not a... Steampunk, because that's not really what it is. Mm-hmm. There's a word for 50s, like technology. Nah, I don't know what it is. I, I heard it recently, but I don't remember either. Yeah, but that was kind of cool. Um, the animation has come so far in like 14 years. Yeah. You don't really see it on the faces. Where you see it is the textures and like the hair and the clothes. The clothing, yeah. yeah. Um, I knew it had been a while. I didn't realize it had been 14 years. There was like a little 90 second blurb before the thing with. Craig T. Nelson and Holly Hunter and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Thank you. Um, talking about, hey, it's been 14 years. Sorry, it took us so so long. It takes it a while to make make these movies. Which, yes, it does take a while to make those, but it doesn't take that long. It I was, think it's their turnaround is two to three years. Because mm-hmm. I have a college friend that I went to school with that works for Pixar, and he actually he's moved up, and he was the set. Uh, designer or whatever set something on yep. this one. He actually had his name in the bigger credits, and about every two or three years, he starts posting about which movie because they can't really tell you right. which movie they're working on. Right. So the last one he did was Finding Dory, and then I think that was two or three years ago. But they always have rolling movies, over right? There. Yeah, because um, yeah, wasn't the last Pixar movie before this wasn't it Coco? Yeah, yeah. Which was excellent. I, Coco is a better movie than this, I think. Coco is probably top five Pixar for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked it. Um, I hadn't seen The Incredibles since I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't... I, you know, if you had asked me without looking up how long it had been, I would have said probably eight or nine years yeah. since the last time it came out. It feels about that. Um, and I liked it, but I couldn't really remember the story per se and it was one of those things and 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 I decided I was like rather than trying to watch it again I was like well let's see how well this holds up as a standalone movie which I always think about with a sequel like that should be a quality of a sequel but then the, I thought about it yesterday and I was like but why how many people are going to see the second Back one. to the Future 2 who haven't seen the first right. one like um, and and I mean this one handled it pretty well because it literally takes place right, right after, after. yep Rather than fourteen years later, and it does, it, it it does sort of a recap slash gives you a different different angle of some of the events. Um, but I think about how many sequels do, you know, recap the previous movie, and how many people who are fans who've seen the other ones will be like, "No shit, let's get on with it." Yeah, this one it didn't. I mean, it didn't. Basically, you knew what everybody did pretty early on because of the. The way they kind of started right after, mm-hmm. and it, 
I, I kind of like the technique with this, where they kind of recap the last right five minutes, basically, of the last movie, yep. and then continuation into here. Um, but I don't... If you put a two or, like, a number in your mm-hmm. sequel, I don't think it's technically a standalone. I mean... Yeah. Something like, um, like Star Wars, mm-hmm. I think those could be standalone. But if you blatantly put like number two number three right. number four those are continuations of the story right like don't really I don't think they can stand up so I I don't really look at it that way mm-hmm. but I also have the habit of re-watching the first movie if it's a sequel before I see the new one I was thinking about this as we were leaving because one of the one of the previews I've seen the most of this or most often this season is uh Sicario? No, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. Which I've seen none of the Mission Impossible movies. And this movie, like... Those are funky. Yeah, I don't like those. Bob just tried one of the little pickles that's on the side. And it's funny because I don't know if they're the same ones in the burger, because I... It doesn't st- I think they It doesn't stand be. out in the burger, but on its own... Yeah. Um, I don't... I'm not a Tom Cruise fan. Yeah. Uh, and none of the mo- previous... Yeah, like the first few didn't interest me, and then I was like, okay, so this is a thing. Every couple of years they're making another one, because this is, I believe, the sixth one. Yeah, uh, I think so. Well, last the last one was supposed to be Jeremy Renner taking over for Tom Cruise, but Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise is like, no, I'm still having fun doing right. these, so uh, uh-huh. I'm going to keep doing them. But I, I like the chemistry that they have, like, especially like Ving Rhames. I've seen all of them. Well, because the new one looks interesting to me and I'm like can I see all the other five beforehand I don't think it's not on Netflix no I wouldn't think so I with with the Mission Impossibles they are kind of standalone ones right they're just kind of it's it's not like Star Wars but they're their own stories and they do reference back for people that do watch them but I'm more because I know it's so many of the characters interact and like it's about the relationships yeah I don't want to go in cold to those relationships so like I mean I, I'm gonna end up seeing it regardless but yeah. uh, if I can see them before the other ones beforehand I will um, you might want to check the libraries I mean surprisingly libraries still do carry movies right well, at least here they right. all kind of network so if you give it enough time you right. might be able to get all of them I was actually gonna. I was thinking about checking the DVDs at Bull Moose because a lot of times they're super cheap. Like if it's like thirty bucks, I'm like, yeah. How do I buy them and then give them to somebody? The other thing too is um, Goodwill or uh, Savers or someplace like yeah. that. My experience with series with places like that is they're like, oh, they have two, three, and five. That's yeah. what they've got. Um, it's not obviously it's not a huge priority. It's just something I'm like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to see. But yeah. I um because I'm working a lot now. Like I'm trying to figure this out. I don't know if you noticed this, and it was very brief. But I was like nodding off at a couple points in this movie, and it's not a late night movie. We saw it at eleven forty in the morning. Yeah. But I also worked until almost midnight, and then didn't go to you know got home, took the dog out, took a shower, packed up some stuff to mail out this morning, and was up at 7 a.m. So I'm like, I, like, I could take a nap right now. So yeah. I'm like, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it, it has much to do with the film itself. 
but it doesn't help that it's pitch black in there too. Yeah, it's it's black in there, and I mean a lot of the movie. I mean, I feel like there were parts of this movie that were darker than the than the first one. I mean, a lot of it literally takes place in the at dark. Night. Yeah. yeah, at night or in the dark, it is a little darker. Yeah, but they do. Well, Pixar is kind of gone. I mean, they're not going to ever go dark, dark. I mean, Disney does a little bit, but... Well, there was... There was uh, infanticide uh, in, in the little short beforehand. So the little the little short beforehand is probably the worst short I've seen from Pixar. Yeah. And it's going to be nominated for an Oscar, and it better not. Because they, they all are. They always are. And I'm going to have to see it again because it's going to play with the shorts. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say the same thing. is It was horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean it, it looked good, but all Pixar stuff does. Yeah. I mean, they they have a style. It does change with movie to movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that short was bad. This was, it was definitely a little darker. Um, just visually and... Thematically. Story, yeah, thematically. I, um... It, Yeah, I'm not gonna go there. I had some other thoughts on it, but I don't. I really don't feel like talking about that short anymore. Um, one of the things that I thought about, what I what I loved about the opening and closing credits in The Incredibles, and I think it was in the first one too, is they do it in like an Art Deco style. I wish they would do a movie like or that, or at least a short. Yeah, um, with I, the characters, but in that style. For some reason, I think they've done a short like that. There, oh. Uh, no, Inside Out has that scene. Mm-hmm. The um, I still haven't seen Inside Out. Uh, there's a whole sequence where they they go back and I, f- I forget where it is. I think it's in like her psyche, where they're going back and forth and it switches to the like different styles like yeah. that. But yeah, I would love to see. I don't know how you would do it very well, mm-hmm. but I think it would be interesting. Um, did you notice the John Ratzenberger? appearance in this one? I didn't either. I didn't either. I was going to ask you if you did. Because is he still doing every single one of them? Yeah, I, he even did one of the voices in Coco. I knew that because he was like one of the only non... Uh, he was one of the only gringos in the movie. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, it was funny. And Did you see the movie The Gringo? Yeah. Yeah. So, I had two two issues with that take a little sidebar I mean I have a lot of issues with that movie but the fact that it was called the gringo because there is no gringo in well because technically gringo means American but it's a pejorative term and it's and maybe this is you know someone listening to this if they disagree with me feel free to get at me and tell me I'm wrong but I always assumed gringo was sort of insinuating like stupid white American and yeah that's where the um, I think that's how it's used. It, it is yeah. certainly how it's used. Um, I'm still working, um, <laughs> and the, um, the you know the protagonist. Um, I think he is American. I think he's become a U.S. citizen, but he's Nigerian. Nigerian, right? yeah. Uh, as is the actor uh, uh, David Oyelowo. Uh, I had to get a running start to make sure I say his name right. But uh, so it. it I mean, I don't remember anyone actually referring to him as the gringo in the movie. No. Um, I mean, again, you saw that. Um, it's, it's not a good movie, uh, but 
I thought going into it from the previews that he was going to annoy the crap out of me, and he's one of the better parts of the movie. Yeah, him and uh, Sharpio, or whatever his name Charlton is. Charlton Copley? Yeah. Okay. You always say it better. I love that guy, and I will watch anything he does, mm-hmm. even though he does really shitty He's work. usually in terrible movies. I mean, yeah. he was the best part of the A-Team. Yeah, he was. Um, he's also the best part of Hardcore Harry. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, when I saw the trailers for that, I was like, oh, this is, looks like The Mexican. Right. And I really like The Mexican. Right. And that's kind of what I felt like it was going to be. And then watching it, it's like, oh, this is... The Mexican's the Brad Pitt and Julia, Julia Roberts yeah. with um, the Soprano guy. Um, uh, I'm going to uh, say Tony Soprano. No. Um, <laughs> James Gandolfini. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right, because I, I saw The Mexican once in the theater, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is the second movie him and Brad Pitt have done together, because they were in tro- True Romance yeah. together. I mean, they only had one scene, but... I mean, I still think Brad Pitt is the best part of True Romance. Really? I love Gary Oldman in that movie. I mean, I love that entire movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh... That's one of Brad Pitt's, like, off-the-wall performances. Oh, yeah. That, and it was an early... Per- I mean, yeah, for early. him to do something like that before he was really a star was pretty great. That and California are, I think, two of his weirder performances that are pretty amazing. Pages! Well, you're a widow now. I haven't seen that. It's, uh, it's an underrated movie. Um, kind of an interesting nuanced performance from Juliette Lewis, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's basically like a like a like a child, and, and uh, who's the other one? So there's David Duchovny, and then Michelle. I can't think of her name. Uh, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, I can I can picture everybody but her. And, uh, yeah. Um, it's funny because that and True Rom- True Romance have a similar aesthetic to them. Yeah, that was. Well, True Romance was, I mean, it wasn't Quentin. He wrote it, he wrote so it, it kind of had that. He sold the script. Yeah, so it had kind of like his his vibe to it. Yeah, and I think that was around the time that like his vibe was kind of everyone mm-hmm. was trying to copy it. Yeah, they were definitely trying to copy it. And California was before Seven, but it still had like that that kind of dark. Yeah, the nineties were dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Realist, well, trying to be realistic and dark. Yeah, some some watching now, you're like, oh, not so much. Yeah. Um, who's, I, I don't know who the actress is who does the daughter's voice in Incredibles. Oh, she uh, she podcasts, I forget what her name is, but she she works for... Oh, Tom Segura. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, that's her. She does NPR stuff hmm. a lot, and... Um, I recognize her face. She's obviously older than. How oh old? yeah, yeah. She's um, she's probably our age, maybe in her thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't do she, animation typically. Yeah, I don't think she does animation. She reads books and she she uh, she does uh, NPR, but she doesn't do movies either. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if she's done any movies since the last Incredibles. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, it, it's not a. I worry too much about spoilers, and for a kids' movie, I don't really care. So, Catherine Keener's the villain in this. Um, like, 
which was a surprise to no one because she plays a horrible person in everything that she's in. I mean, and I like her as an actress, but I'm pretty sure she's not a nice person in real life. Uh, she does give off that vibe. I mean, but maybe she's a really, really good actress. I uh, well, because it took me a minute to figure out who it was. Like, I knew the voice right away, but I was like, "Who is that?" Who I had to shut it? my eyes. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. And I was like, "Oh, it's uh, Catherine yeah. Keener." I'm like, "Oh, she'll be the bad guy." The thing was, I wasn't sure if Bob Odenberg, like, if they were going to be a team or not. Yeah, or, um, which. <laughs> He has gotten so much work in the last decade, which I never would have guessed from Mr. Show. Because uh, I feel, I mean... He I, does a lot of animation. He does a lot of everything. Yeah. Like, and I like him, but if if you were to tell me... I mean, and David Cross works a lot too, but I feel like Bob Odenkirk. And a lot of it is because of uh, Breaking Bad. It's actually... I think it's more uh, the Saul stuff. Yeah, but it's the same character that he's playing. It's the same character, but... But I think that really broke him wide, and uh, yeah, Breaking Bad broke him to like the mainstream audience. Yeah, um, but uh, Better Call Saul is—I know you don't like Breaking Bad, or you haven't really got into it. You yeah, should I, watch I, Better Call Saul. Isn't it a prequel, or is it? Yeah, it, it's a prequel, but it kind of ties in to the end. Yeah, so it, it does both a little bit. It, it, it kind of has the—it has the framing of him. After Breaking Bad, but then it tells the story how he got his name. I gotcha. Um, but it, it's not. It is. It's dark, but it's not as gritty as Breaking Bad was. Yeah. And I. And um, David um, McKean, I think uh, Spinal Tap. Michael had, McKean. Yeah, Michael McKean yeah. has a big part in it too. Interesting. He's I, really good at it. Dave McKean is a. A British illustrator and graphic designer. Oh, I was not even close. Most <laughs> most well known for, you know, the Counting Crows album, This Desert Life? No. Uh, it's the one where it's the guy, but he has a fishbowl for a head. Oh, okay. So he did that, but he did not design it for the Counting Crows. It was the cover of a book uh, that he did with uh, Neil Gaiman. They, did, they worked together a bunch, and it was my... I sold my dad for two goldfish. Uh, I bought it just because I loved his artwork. Yeah. And then the Counting Crows optioned, like, bought the rights to the image, and the book had to, like, could no longer use that image as the cover to their book because it was the album cover. Oh, that and it sucks. Was, it, but it was such a weird thing. I'm like, why didn't they broker a deal that, like... Because if anything... Yeah, but books buy- change... I mean... Books yeah, they do the, change covers with, like, almost every edition. Yeah, and British and American versions always have different, usually have different covers. So it, a book cover, it doesn't have the same thing as, like, an album cover right? to, to kind of, like, recognize it. Um, yeah, I, I learned, I mean, I was kind of aware of that before my friend uh, Jacqueline Benson uh, published her first novel, uh, the Smoke Hunter. Yes, that is a plug for my friend's novel, but it is an excellent book as well. And uh, it was published about six weeks earlier in the UK than it was in the US, and it has a totally different cover yeah. than that. And uh, different publishers too. Uh, they're they're like they're they're connected publishers, but not the same publishing house. Yeah. So it was like she was able to get the one deal from the other, but uh, yeah, totally different covers. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What are your? Do you have any other thoughts about The Incredibles too? I mean, it, it's definitely it's Pixar, so I mean, it's a decent story. It's a high quality, yeah, high standard of quality. 
kids are kids are pretty. I think I didn't hear the kids laughing so much in this one. Yeah, so, and there were a lot of kids. There was a birthday party. Yeah, that was, I mean, it's definitely going to do well because it's Pixar. Kids are going to like it. I like the story. Yeah, it's. I almost like it a little bit better than the other Incredibles because the the Incredibles is a little one note kind yeah. of. This one definitely has a couple different stories going on. So I would probably give this more of a seven. Yeah, I would give it a seven. Yeah, um, I was I didn't realize till the little like it had never been like conscious to me before that, but how much Mr. Incredible looks like Brad Bird, like as like as as far as his facial structure. Um, like he looks way more like Brad Bird than he does look like uh, Craig T. Nelson. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it was for uh, uh, Holly Hunter who does Mrs. Incredible slash Elastigirl. Um, uh, was on Mark Maron's podcast this yeah. week, and it was interesting talking to talking to her about that because she hasn't done any other animation and has no desire to. Thank you. Um, thank you. I mean, she 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 had a good time doing it. Yeah, and she loved she's it. never done it. Nope. Oh. And she was talking about her process. I guess when they record, like they have like thank you in the studio, they have like bars that they can like press up against and like um, I don't know, like interact with. So it's not just it's not them reading anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. He's so. working on it. <laughs> Scott's a little distracted. He's trying to pay the bill. I'm trying to. Yeah. Um, he can't multitask. Or I can barely <laughs> unitask. Um, can't do math and talk at the same time. No, I just. Um, I have a. I, I don't like to under tip, and if I tend to do s- stuff while I'm doing that, I tend to undercompensate. Um, yeah, it was. It was fun. Glad I saw it. Honestly. I probably won't watch it again. I mean, if there's a, a Credibles three, I'm sure I'll see that. Yeah, uh, it was fun. Uh, it was kind of like yeah. one of the things I really like about Movie Pass is that because I used to buy a lot more movies than I do now, yeah. and then have would stuff. you have bought this? No. Yeah. But they're like I I bought Coco, but I bought Coco to show my nephew because he didn't yeah. see it in the theater. Thank you. And so we I was babysitting him one night, and I brought it over and watched. I'm all set. Thank you. Um. Uh, but that's something that I would watch again uh, on my own. Yeah. The so there's definitely a top five for Pixar that I will go like Wally, Wally, Toy Story, all three Toy Stories. Yeah. Um, I did like Wally. Yeah. Uh, up. Uh, I liked Up. Monsters Inc. Like I, I have like inclinations to watch shows again. Yeah. But because I watch so many movies, I don't rewatch a lot. But The Incredibles has never been one that I've been like, I gotta put it in. And the same thing with this one. I don't think I'll ever. I'll pro- if Incredibles three comes out, I'll rewatch one and two again right. to to watch this. Do you? You don't really buy movies physically anymore, do you? No, because you can get them on demand or whatever. And I also don't rewatch a yeah. lot of stuff. Um, is there is there a movie you've seen so far this year that you would? Rewatch if you got the chance. Annihilation. In yeah. it. I feel like I need to rewatch it again. I mean, I bought it. On, so the only, I think the only movies that I've seen this year that I've purchased physically, I bought Annihilation and I bought Thoroughbreds. See, Thoroughbreds is one that I don't think I would need to watch again. I, I enjoyed Thoroughbreds. I, I 
was sort of I don't want to say I regret the purchase. It was one of the, it was it was definitely an impulse purchase because I didn't know it was coming out the day that I went into Bull Moose and it was on sale and it was one of those things that it was sort of nostalgic because it was Anton Yelchin's final film. Yeah. And I liked it a lot and I was like this is the type of movie that I know in years to come because it, it I mean I think I think it did okay. I mean it was not a smash hit but it didn't cost that much to make. It's, so I would show it to people. Yeah. On a note, you have seen Olivia Cook and other stuff. I know, and I can't think of what it is. Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Oh, okay. She's the Dying Girl. She's the, yeah. She was not Earl. No. That was Jason Lee. Which brings a full circle, because he was, he was the bad guy in the first Incredibles. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that ties into another conversation we had where we talked about Jason Lee. Yeah, talking about the movie Mumford. Yeah. Um... What would you give burger? The burger here is is like it's a nine. I wouldn't go. I, 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 mine was an eight for me, and it was good. Yeah, I just. I uh, think it's the experience here. Like the, I enjoyed the fries. The burgers really. The taste is really good. The the buns could be a little. I think if it's a single, it would. So if it was a single, it'd be a nine. But this one, uh, I'll drop it down to about an eight. Yeah. But I think this is probably the best burger we've had so far. Yeah, and they do have, I will say, because I was talking to our waitress beforehand, they do have uh, adult milkshakes, milkshakes yeah. with alcohol in them, and they're interesting combinations. I just, I, the first time I was ever here, it's the first time I ever tried Patron XO, which is the coffee-flavored tequila, which at the time sounded disgusting to me, and and, and that's, I think I even voiced that to the waitress, and she's like, eh, tr- trust me. And I was like, Okay, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I tried it because she was cute. And she was, like, trying to talk me into it. And I was like, all right, I'll force my way through this. So uh, she was a good server. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it also says a lot about how easily influenced I am by attractive women. Yeah. Uh, or feminine men, for that matter. Um, but it was great. And I, so now, every Christmas, I'll buy a bottle of that and, like, bring it over for Christmas morning yeah. and put it in the coffee and stuff like that. Yes, I'm putting coffee-flavored <laughs> liquor in coffee. <laughs> Shut your mouth. I'm putting tequila in coffee. It's a delight. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening.